0: Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louie Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged.
1: Four minutes offense. Four minutes offense. Four minutes. Four minutes offense. Four minutes offense. Four minutes.
0: Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in downtown Phoenix. Suns are in a stretch of four or five games at home. They take on the Jazz, who right now are a playoff team. Head coach Frank Vogel. Yeah,
1: they're playing great basketball. I mean, they're 19-11, the you know, last 30 games, and the uh, you know, last 10, one of the best offenses in the, in the NBA. Uh, made some adjustments, and uh, they've beaten some really quality opponents.
0: Tip-off downtown tonight, 7 o'clock. Oh! Waste Management Phoenix Open. It's supposed to tee off today, weather permitting. The Nexus program was scratched in the middle of it yesterday. 9.20 start time for all of the golfers. Defending champion Scotty Scheffler tees off at 2.30. They were 5-2 in the conference. Now a four-game losing streak. Head coach Bobby Hurley, should we be looking for a potential lineup change to fix the streak?
2: You know I'm, I'm still debating that and it's it's uh, you know it's possible anytime you go through a stretch like this you have to you know potentially look to, to try something different
1: so we'll uh, you know we'll uh, I'm still think about it and we'll see how
3: that goes this week
0: this weekend starts tonight they're in Boulder taking on Colorado tip off six o'clock. Eighth-ranked Wildcats on a nice roll. They're 17-5, and 8-3 and in the conference. Tommy Lloyd, what do you think of the Utes and the trip up the mountains? I think our guys know
3: Utah's a good team. I know our, our players respect Utah. I know our players respect Colorado.
0: Um, so you know, I, I, know our, I, I know our guys are smart enough to know it's going to be a challenge and that we're going to have to play well to have a chance. U of A also had a 30-minute press conference yesterday in which the new interim athletic director Mike Andrea talked about the financial problems of U of A. He was also asked if he wants to be the long-term AD.
1: Um, at this point, no. I, I am, I'm a Band-Aid right now, and I'm doing what um, Bobby Robbins would like me to do. And, um, you know, right now I'm taking life day after day.
0: Basketball-wise, tip-off for the Wildcats tonight up in the mountains, 6 o'clock. They're back from the bye week and the all-star break. Coyotes are ready to go. They're the second half starts, five points behind St. Louis for the final playoff spot. They're at home against Vegas tonight, face-off in Tempe at 7 o'clock. By the way, trade deadline is today. Who's your favorite son and will they still be a Sun as of 1 o'clock today? What will the Suns do to make a move? It will be very tough. They'll have to include draft picks. Hard to fit somebody underneath the salary cap as of right now. No major moves yet in the NBA as of this morning. NFLPA says 92% of all players want grass. That's against what Roger Goodell has said. Super Bowl-wise, let's go. It's already the Thursday. Pat Mahomes, how do you feel about being now the hated one?
4: Um, not necessarily. I think uh, I just like winning. If you win a lot and, and that causes you to be a villain, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy playing the game and try to win as much as possible. Let's look at the other side. 49ers, Mike Shanahan. Did everybody
0: practice yesterday? Uh, Yeah, they were limited today. Uh,
3: George and Eric were limited. They got out there, got some good work in, and hopefully they will
0: be full go tomorrow. Super Bowl in Vegas coming up Sunday, 6.30. And finally, guess what PETA's upset about now? (laughs) PETA has written a letter to the president of Chance Rides of Wichita. What does Chance Rides do? They're the number one maker of carousels. That's right. Peter says it's unethical to continue to use horses on carousels. Fake horses make kids think it's okay to ride and treat animals poorly. We should be using stars and spaceships and cars on the carousels. That's right. Wooden horses Teach you to treat animals poorly. Thanks, PETA! Jackpot, Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to unplugged at whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind. Plus, here's what you get. You sign up for a tea time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off, plus 15% off at Civic, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls of shirt and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, general manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. the Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about, and drink, our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and
4: all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch.
0: Bell's Nashville Kitchen, on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. If you have ever thought to yourself, I like Doug Tron's unplugged, but it moves kind of slowly. Oh, it won't today. We have the Super Bowl to talk about, we have the Phoenix Open to talk about, we have the Suns to talk about, we have ASU and U of A to talk about, and we have a little bit of an insider joining us today into Brock Purdy. So let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you decided to make Doug Franz Unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world. Totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one. Great American City that drops on your phone and your TV live every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merc. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. I am jacked up to get moving today. We have so much to do, so much to talk about. So I'm going to be moving uh, like lightning today. But I appreciate you being a part of the Unplugged Army, and hopefully. You totally agree with this decision. And when I say you totally agree with this decision, oh, first of all, before I tell you that, thank you for your thoughts and prayers yesterday. My meeting went great. And Robert C.A.Z., I do have to tell you, I did not wear flips. I couldn't believe it. Like, I was shocked. Normally, I shave for Jesus, so you can tell what day of the week it is by where the growth, the beard growth is during the week, and then I get up Sunday morning and I shave on my way, not on my way, but before I go to Mass. Well, I decided to just drop the hammer yesterday. I wore real-life pants, real-life shoes, and I shaved before the big meeting on Wednesday. So I'm pretty, I, I, I was pretty fired up to, to do that. The meeting, uh, it was kind of strange. I thought I would walk right in and all of a sudden people would be handing me money. (laughs) No, I didn't really think that. But two of the major people I was hoping were in the meeting weren't in the meeting. However, I made some amazing connections with other people and I'm I'm really jacked up about that. So I think I'm going to be able to help the station grow a little bit not as big as i had dreamed but I, i do think we've got some things coming down the pike so i can't wait to talk to you about those coming up a little later also i had the chance to meet with sweet lou yesterday and i probably shouldn't say this but let me just be blunt we really wanted to take our unplugged army event and tie it into the reason why i even thought of this is tie it into valentine's day And the spa at um, Wild Horse Pass feels like they are so busy that they can't really accommodate the unplugged army around Valentine's Day. And I didn't get a chance to explain it to them because my theory was you get a for Valentine's Day, you buy your wife a package for the 23rd, the 24th, you know, something coming up over the weekend. And it got to be a time crunch to coordinate with the spa and the hotel and other things. And we weren't able to do that. So we decided, okay, don't mess with that. Let's just get everything set for the golf outing. So the golf outing is set for February 23rd. And therefore, there aren't going to be the ancillary stuff. But to make up for it, we're getting 60% off of our tee times. Oh, yeah, how about that? So here's what you do if you want in on it. You go to unplugged at whirlwind.com, unplugged at whirlwind.com. And then when you get to that web page, there will simply be the standard thing you might have seen there before. It'll show you, that's uh, actually the regular whirlwind page right there, um, uh, Izzy. We want specifically, that was nice of you to to, uh, look that up, though. We want specifically Unplugged at Whirlwind.com, all one word. They made made us a special website. So Unplugged at Whirlwind.com, when you bring it up, it'll show you a static of the Whirlwind Plus. So we've talked about Whirlwind Plus, the amazing campaign where you get $34 a month or $299 for the year, and then you get amazing opportunities to save money on your TT. Okay, so that's that's that static is still there, but up at the top it'll say events. And then if you click on the events page, it'll go specifically to the Unplugged Army event. That's exactly the website we want. You see the Whirlwind Plus, but don't click that button at the bottom because that'll take you to the Whirlwind Plus page. Click on the events tab that's at the top of the picture, and then it'll show you the Unplugged Army February event. There's a button that says RSVP on that, and when you hit the RSVP button, I haven't figured out why, but it goes to another page. Page for RSVPing. <laughs> it's a, so there's, there's a little bit of a kink, and then you hit RSVP twice, and then it goes through to where we want you to go. And then you fill out your information, and when you fill out your information, just make sure you include in the notes who you want your foursome to be and your preferred time. We have every tea time between noon and 1.30 to fill up. So now that's, that's the news. Now here's what's unbelievable, okay? The tee time price is $109, $109. If you're kind of new to golf, I will actually look you in the face and say, yeah, there's a little sticker shock. Anytime you spend $100 on something, it's like, whoa, hey, and you get a little, you know, like, whoa, hey. But if you are not a golfer, you might not know this. That price in February for a good course is very, very fair. That price for a legendary course is unseen at this time of year. It's incredible savings. Now, let me tell you what it means to be a member of the Unplugged Army. You're not going to believe me when I tell you this. If you would go to the regular page of whirlwind.com and book a tea time for just 30 minutes before us at 1130, it costs $260. How about that? $260 to golf without being a member of the Unplugged Army. But if you sign up at unplugged at whirlwind.com, you get it for $109. That's how much money that that Sweet Lou is saving. Sweet Lou felt bad that he couldn't get everything coordinated with the spa, couldn't get everything coordinated with the hotel. Said, hey, let me just give you huge savings. So the Unplugged Army, we have... Huge amount of tee times between noon and 1.30 on a Friday in February when the weather's going to be gorgeous and the people that teed off before us are paying $150 more than we are. Hello! Hello! That is so awesome. I'm jacked up about it. So please fill it up. Unplugged Army, please fill up the tee times. It is now open. I'm excited. Uh, Jeff we're Production, will you be able to get out there and play or are you, uh, uh, are you too busy? I don't hear. A, I don't hear your mic on.
4: I'll probably be too busy, but I'm going to try. Okay, if okay. I can, I will try. Okay, but I'll let you know a couple days ahead of time, just so you know you can have me on the list or, or whatever you have to do. You know
0: what? I'll make. I'll make you a deal. Here's okay. the deal. I will talk Sweet Lou into giving you a free golf outing if. There is like a member. If the, there's an unplugged army group of three that's teeing off late, that way you can still keep working and then leave here. You know, at about noon or twelve thirty, get there at about one and then tee off like on the last tee time. Something okay. like that. Does that sound like a good idea? That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so let's Thank do that. That way we can uh, we, we we can treat you because. Um, uh, I, I just love that idea and you might be wondering, well why didn't you ask Izzy? I haven't talked Izzy into playing golf yet, but he's thinking about it. I, like I kind of pushed him the other day and Izzy's so nice Izzy said, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds all right and I couldn't tell if he was just like okay, just go away I, I'm not listen I spend all day with you. I'm not going to turn around I want to spend time with you on a weekend <laughs> But uh, Izzy whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready and, and since you're a West Side guy too we'll, we'll play on the West side sometime. I'll definitely hit you up on my 30th. Oh wow, an old man shot right there. How about I'm too young to golf now, but as soon as I get old, and what's really scary is a guy in his fifties. Um, I now I, I've now added uh, a fifty. By the way, um, now uh, as a guy in his fifties, it's funny to hear somebody say the official cutoff of old is thirty. Yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> oh my god i have never cared honestly i have never cared how old i was because i've always been one like just live in the now live in the now have the energy let's go and you never realize you're uh you're getting up. now it is a little strange for me it's since i live so far away from ohio my nieces and nephews getting older that kind of that kind of hits you in the head in which i have nieces and nephews that uh You know, like Jennifer and I had been married for 15, 20 years when they were born and now they're driving or they're graduating from college or things. like. Now, that's that's where it gets weird when you see nieces and nephews that you're not around all the time. All right. Uh, Today, Kevin Guy going to join us coming up in about 12 minutes. So I'm jacked up to talk to him about a lot of different things. His daughter went to high school with Brock Purdy. So they would go to Perry High School games, watch Brock play, things like that. And, of course, Kevin Guy can just talk Rattlers as well. So we're going to talk about a bunch of different things with him. Sound credits today. We got a bunch. We got a bunch. Uh, Sun Devil... Uh, let's see we got Bobby Hurley from Sun Devil Source we got Brock Purdy from the 49ers.com and uh, Mike Shanahan Mike Shanahan Kyle Shanahan from uh, I I guess I am old Kyle Shanahan from um, 49ers.com Andy Reeves and Pat Mahomes from from Chiefs.com we got Frank Vogel from the Suns PR department and I think that's it yeah I can't think of uh, Anything else Before we get going uh, One last thing Izzy tell us a story About your night Last night What uh, what all did you do uh, I went to AEW There was an AEW Event last night And I literally Looked to my right Steve McCullum's On the other side Of the room <laughs> On the other side Of the, the Footprint Center And so <laughs> You guys didn't even know You each were going No we texted each other okay. We knew where we were going But then we looked over And we're like Oh hey Like, oh, we, okay. like we could just Wave at each other Like we were <laughs> so close And so yeah I mean it was A really fun event Uh Usually AEW can go off the rails sometimes. Usually it can be, get a little violent, but it was pretty cool. So yeah. yeah, I had a whole lot of fun. How? Give me an estimate of how many people were there. Uh, like, did they have floor seating? Yeah, they have floor seating. So, and okay, co- they pretty much the the top the the, the nosebleeds. They were pretty much empty. Like, okay, everybody was pretty much on that. But uh, but the floor section. and the whole lower bowl pretty full uh th- foolish yeah, yeah foolish but, Okay. yeah but there was still some there was still some empty spots there but yeah foolish it wasn't really sold out would you say rattlers or AEW has more people i would say AEW but not by a okay. not not by a lot i was interested in that <laughs> definitely <laughs> I, not by a lot cuz i had no idea how many people uh go to that i actually at ohio university one time i i made some ring announcements for uh, for a WWE event and it was kind of like I wasn't the main guy but the main guy and about four wrestlers Athens Ohio is an hour and a half at the time there's new bypasses that make it easier but at the time they were an hour and a half from Columbus so the guys were going to fly into Columbus and drive down and probably get there about two hours early their plane got uh, directed redirected to Cincinnati Cincinnati is about a three hour drive Columbus about an hour and a half so these so basically wrestlers were stalling. Like one wrestler would come into the ring, wrestle a little bit, and then he'd run out of the ring and act like he didn't want to wrestle. And that was all a stall tactic to wait for the guys that were the bigger names to come later in the day. And I had to announce if so-and-so does not return to the ring, he will be fined $10,000. And I act like it's a big deal and I'm some kind of boss. It was was so embarrassing. I say embarrassing because like I have no idea Idea, what I'm doing. I've never done something like this and I'm just stalling waiting for the actual guy who's supposed to be doing stuff. So it was kind of entertaining. Uh, Alright. Let's roll. Doug's big one. Andy Reid I'm sure you're going to change your mind. I hope you change your mind. But something happened yesterday that I just don't understand why there is a double standard. And I am a huge Andy Reid fan. We found out yesterday during Super Bowl media um, availabilities that Eric Bieniemy, the former offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, former offensive coordinator of the Commanders, came back to Kansas City and spoke to the guys before the AFC championship game and everybody was gushing. Pat Mahomes has always said live or die with that guy or, or ride or die with that guy. And uh, it was interesting. Travis Kelsey even said he's one of the greatest coaches I've ever had. And they love Eric Bienemy, even though the commanders did not love Eric Bienemy. And Andy Reid was asked about Eric Bienemy not getting coaching opportunities. And it was interesting as, as he first went into how great things uh have been with him and then he said he addressed the team he learned things we didn't know but he was also asked if eric b would be available to come back to the staff if he doesn't get another job
2: i did he actually came in and talked to our team um before our last game so he uh, uh talked to the offensive guys and hung out with us uh, in our meetings, so I haven't had a chance to talk to him, um, and he's, he's still up for a couple of jobs. Yeah. What do you think his future is in coaching, and would there be a spot on your staff if it doesn't work well out for him somewhere else? Yeah, I, I can't answer the last part because I have no spot right now. Um, uh, uh, but I, I would tell you, I think his um, coaching future is great. I mean, I'm obviously a big fan of his, and I know the things that he, he can do.
0: So a small piece of interesting news that he's up for a couple jobs. We don't know what that is. But more importantly to me, and what, what bothered me about what he said, is this. Why do we say that we have a coach that will cut a player if you've got an opportunity to get a better player, but you don't do the same thing with coaches? Why does he say, I don't have any spots, if Eric Bieniemy means to Mahomes and Travis Kelsey what he means, if Eric Bieniemy is such a good coach that you have been claiming he deserves a spot as an NFL head coach, and now he's available to be hired again, why do you cut players but you don't cut or demote coaches? Think about it. If you really want to earn the respect of the players, if you're always saying we will always go for who is the best guy that's available that is not Eric Biennemi the best guy available? If you remember Matt Nagy, okay? Matt Nagy, former uh, offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, was elevated to the Bears job. It's kind of interesting if you're so sure that this is the way. If you're so sure that this is what needs to be done and he deserves it, then why aren't you, why aren't you making changes? Matt Nagy took the Bears job and he came back after Eric Biennemi left. Well, who's better? If it's Matt Nagy that's better fine. He stays as your OC. If it's all if it's if it's the enemy that's not as good. Well then is he better than your quarterback's coach? Is he he's got to have a spot on the staff. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense to me. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Brock Purdy. We're going to talk about uh, the Rattlers. we got a lot of things to do today. I still want to talk a lot more Super Bowl to give you insights into what's going on. A little Waste Management Phoenix Open. And I'm really jacked up to be able to talk about the Suns and what we expect from them tonight. Are they hot, or do they just get lucky through a stretch of teams that aren't very good? That's next. This is Doug unplug presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com so in the franz household we have an air conditioning unit an air scrubber a reverse osmosis system and a tankless water heater all purchased from parker and sons why well number one because we trust them We got to know Parker and Sons about six months into living in Phoenix and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap and then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water even on holidays when people are coming in to visit and it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit In a tank, it only heats it up as we use it, so we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, That R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. coach guy joining us right now here on doug franz unplugged in case you didn't know kevin kguy at rattlers.com is not your email if you're wondering
5: well i, I knew i wasn't wrong so. <laughs> oh i should have known I, I that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i should have known that so first of all how are you what what is a head coach do, doing are you more president of the rattlers right now in february or are you coaching yet are you doing what are you doing coaching wise I'm both 24
5: seven, you know, it never stops. So, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, we signed nine players, uh, yesterday, uh, that should go across transactions today. Um, you know, we, we have corporate meetings that, uh, we are trying to finalize before we get into the season and, and, and obviously making a big push and, uh, the move to Glendale has been great. Um, I'm, I'm very excited, uh, uh, on the opportunity that we have there, you know, when you look at just our season tickets, um, you know, since we made the move, we're, we're already over 800 new season tickets, wow. you know, and we, we, we only lost, um, you know, a little over a hundred on the move. So it's been a great uh, transition for us. We're going to keep building on it. And, you know, they might not seem like a lot of tickets for, but when you look at, it, we average somewhere between uh, eight thousand and and sometimes all the way up to fourteen thousand. Uh, you know, a game adding over you know close to a thousand season tickets is a big deal.
0: That's exciting. Who would you say was the number one guy in your ear that you should move to the west side?
5: Well, I know that you're probably going to try to take credit for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you did mention it a few times several years ago. Um, but, you know, it's just something that, you know, Ron had a partnership with, uh, Scherzi had a partnership with the Suns, and, and, you know, uh, that, that, that relationship with him obviously meant something, and,
0: uh, you know, opportunity knocks, things change, and, and here we are. I no, just, even though I was being funny, I don't think I have anything to do with the move, but I, I am thrilled that, and I will jump on this bandwagon that I'm right, because I love the West Side. I really do, and it is exploding. And, oh, 100%. I, and I think it's just going to keep going, but I can't imagine how difficult the transition is from a coaching standpoint to move. I mean, you had to be really comfortable in your practice facility and in your situation. And, you know, coaches hate change. And now I don't think fans know that you've got to move player living arrangements. You've got to move uh, office. I mean, you've got so much to do. Where are you at in the team move for player comforts and everything else to be prepared for the year?
5: Well, that's still, that's still ongoing. Um, You know, we do have a plan in place. Um, you know, we we've always been out, we, we've been in Mesa since I became head coach, uh, in 2008 and we're still going to be in Mesa, uh, at least, you know, at the beginning of the year, we're, we're mm-hmm. kind of playing it by ear. Um, you know, I haven't spoke to Mesa, <laughs> so they're probably learning <laughs> about this, uh, uh, as we're talking, but, uh, but our contract is up with them in May anyway. So, Okay. um, so, you know, when you really look at it, you know, we just got to make a business decision, but I will tell you Dell Adams uh over at the arena has been great to work with and uh the facilities over there are phenomenal. Um and you know, for an indoor football team to be the number 1 tenant in the in the building, that's that that's a big deal. And yeah. you know, we have office space uh in the building um You know football operations will be moved into the building so at some point so I mean it's just been an outstanding move for for, you know for us Uh, we're excited about it we're excited about the community the community Glendale remind you know it, it is a community it reminds me a lot of when Kathy first put her team down in Tucson and I would go down and help her, you know, with sales and stuff. Everybody knows everybody, you know, mm-hmm. you can quickly get to someone because someone knows that person, right? And and you can get a meeting and it's amazing how fast I you know, all these moves that we had to make, I was sitting there going, Oh my god, this this got put on my desk, you know, but really because of Glendale and it being a community, it's really smooth the transition.
0: That's a cool story. I uh, For those of you that don't know what Kevin's referring to, his wife owns the Tucson Sugar Skulls. So that's why he's talking about the the comparison of, of getting that community feel. And I know the West Side feels that way. What's the number one thing on your mind coaching-wise right now going into the 2024 season?
5: Well, uh, while winning? <laughs> you know, we, we, we want to get back to the championship. I walked into that one. <laughs> Yeah. um, You know, I would tell you this, you know, uh, we have a unique business model, and it's working. I mean, i got to give credit to all the owners in the league uh, about this model. Uh, We've figured out a way to create parity. If you look the last six years, Since we've came into the league in 2017, we didn't play in 20 because of COVID, but we've had six different champions, and you know, um, I don't think it's good. Even when the Arizona Rattlers was in the AFL, we went to four straight arena bowls. I think we went five out of six years, and you know, we we had won three out of the four those first uh, those years that we were there, and it was certainly great for the Arizona Rattlers. But I don't know if it was great for the league, you know, Mm -hmm. and. Uh, the, the owners in this league have figured it out. I mean, you know, this, the parity rules and the, the the rules that they have in place that you can only have so many vets and, you know, it's an op- a league of opportunity. It's forcing you to go with some young guys and develop guys and uh, you know, and, and it's created parity. And so, but I will tell you this, the Arizona Rattlers has handled this better I think than any other organization. We've won the most games in those six years uh, you know, as, as an organization Uh you know, we've got to the championship game three times. we won once. We've lost twice. I mean, Massachusetts was just better than us. They, they were a more talented roster when we played them in the championship game at home and lost to them in the overtime. Uh, they, You know, I can admit that. They, they were better than us. Uh, but, you know, the Rattlers, you know, we, we've always uh, had tough kids here, and we, I knew we were going to compete. Um, you know, the one that got away from us was in 2019 when we were, undefeated and got to the championship game and unfortunately we just got hit with the injury bug at the wrong time of the year uh and that affected how we played in that in that 19 championship and that happens. so you know uh i mean if it was easy to win it everybody would do it and uh we certainly uh you know we, we're certainly we're there i think we're doing the best job of managing uh this model uh but um uh, you know, it's difficult to get there and win every year like it was in, 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 arena, in arena football. Because arena football, you could keep those guys, have them under contract. It's a career deal. This this roster is constantly changing, so you really you got to put a lot of stock in your, your coaches that they can develop players.
0: Will you go, This is something I don't know anything about. Will you go deeper into what are the rules that you say declare, de- declare parity? Because the NFL, it's easy. You have four games a year in your schedule that are different than everybody else in your division. And it's based on where you were last year. First place, second place, third place, fourth place. And then, of course, everybody understands the draft. You're the worst team. You draft sooner than the best teams. So those are easy ways for us to understand NFL parity. what do they do in in the IFL when there isn't like a regular draft and I don't know about how schedules work how do you create parody what yeah. are the rules
5: well, from a schedule standpoint, you've always been at the mercy of what's going on in the arena, right? Oh uh, so yeah, yeah. When we were downtown, you know, the Suns came first. You know, the Mercury came second. Then there, then there was probably concerts that we had to go up against, and then our game. So, you know, you, you didn't always get the best schedule uh, here. You know, in Glendale, uh, I've already got, I've already got the dates for the next three years. You wow. know, and. You know, because there's no other sports team. You know, now we are competing against, uh, uh, you know, concerts and events that come into the arena. And, you know, I've told Dale, hey, go sign them. You know, uh, go go bring in as many as you can uh, because we're only looking for eight dates, and we've got that figured out. But uh, as far as the rules go in our league, you're classified as a vet on your fourth year okay and 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 for a year to count against you you got to play in at least six games okay so uh also the age 28 you know uh, whichever comes first you've okay. got you know your fourth year or 28 years old once you get to that point because because what happens a lot of guys that go to the NFL and and they'll play for a couple of years they may go to Canada they may go to the XFL and then all of a sudden it's your first year in the IFL where you're technically not a rookie. You've been playing somewhere else. Okay. So it all that all that counts, right? So once you get to your fourth year, you can only have seven guys on your roster that has four years of experience or more. Okay? So everybody else has to be a one, two, or a three. So you're constantly developing those young players. And so you know, it didn't even hit me. Uh, to one day, uh, going back two or three years ago, I was on your show with Doug and Wolf, and Wolf asked me, he goes, Kevin, do you have to go and, you know, because I said, like, yeah, we turn over our roster like 60% of the time every year. And he was like, you have to go out and sign that many players. And it didn't even register me that, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the NFL because I, I wasn't in the
0: NFL. Yeah. So,
5: but those guys have those guys under contract for three, four years. They they might be going and looking for just a handful of guys to fill some some holes on the roster spot, right? and and you know we're flipping our roster you know 60 70% cuz the other thing you're up against is our players hmm. are constantly getting picked up by NFL uh, you know we you know uh, if they don't make it in the NFL a lot of them if they're going to become a career player they may jump to Canada they may jump to what what is the UFL now cuz the XFL and USFL you know merged so I mean, the players have a lot of options, so that's why I've always called it it's a league of opportunity. You get to come in here and get some quality film and get some quality athletes. Listen, since I've been here as the head coach at Arizona Rattlers, we've had 54 players sign in the NFL, okay? We've probably we've probably doubled that or tripled that with players going to Canada, XFL, USFL, or any ABC league out there, right? So, uh, so we, I think we've done a good job of developing those guys, but that's why it's so hard to keep you know, seven yeah. bets on your team, and you're constantly changing. So, um, you're you're always adjusting to the market and what's going on out there. Um, and you know, uh, you know, so I, you know, I think that uh, uh, we, we've done a pretty good job of managing that. We haven't won the championship, but it's it, it's going to be extremely difficult every year. And, uh, and and quite frankly, I think our coaching staff has came in and changed the game in this league, there was a lot of things. When we first came in this league in 17, we got to be fourth down. Everybody was field. We're going for it, you know? And, you know, now you're seeing everybody do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, and and so uh, clock management, you know, uh, the situational football, all that is so important. And it's hard to teach that to young players to drill that in their head because usually it takes a few years of them playing to kind of, Absorb all that and and retain that that information and and uh, so that's kind of. You know, that that's the difficult part of being a coach in the in the indoor football league.
0: You've made a huge change, not having Drew Powell as your starting quarterback in twenty four. What are the rules for you to get with your new quarterback? Do you have to wait till day one of training camp? Were you able to give him a playbook after he signed? Are you or are you able to meet with yeah. him twice or three times a week in the offseason? How do you what are you doing now to prepare your quarterback pre training camp?
5: Yeah, uh, so Dalton C., we just recently signed him, and, and, uh, you know, uh, we've gotten together a couple of times, you know, we're allowed to get with them, we can send them the playbook, we just can't practice, right? Okay. They're allowed to go out, they can go out and practice on their own, uh, but we can have meetings with them, whether it be via Zoom or in person. Uh, We just can't hit the the practice field with them. So, uh, you know, all our quarterbacks have the playbook. Uh, They've they've had conversations with me. I mean, obviously, you only get 10 days of training camp, so you want to get as much information in as as possible, you know, uh, before you go.
0: This is head coach Kevin Guy, and we wanted to talk a a lot of Rattlers today because we haven't caught up with them for a while. And for those of you that might not know, we are the actual home of the Arizona Rattlers, WTSMTV.com. We're also the home of the Tucson Sugar Skulls for Coach. The first game is on the road at Northern Arizona coming up on uh, March 16th. And then I'm cheating right now to look. And then our first broadcast is the home game on March 24th against Vegas Live in Glendale. So, so we wanted to talk to Coach about a lot of Rattler stuff. But now let's let's talk a little Super Bowl and something that I, I admit I didn't put together. I, I should ask this. How many times have you seen Brock Purdy play live? Do you have any idea?
5: Uh, a bunch. Uh, you know, my, my daughter went to Perry High School while Brock was there. Um, and, you know, Cody was probably, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade, whatever he was in, right? And yeah. And every fr- every Friday, you know, my daughter wasn't dry- you know she was two years behind Brock. She was actually the same age as Chuba. She graduated with Chuba okay. uh, at, at Perry, and uh, so when she's in that stage of ninth, tenth grade, and she's not driving yet, guess who had to take her to the games to let her hang out with her friends? So I would just sit <laughs> in the stands and 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 watch high school football. And it was really since I've been at the Rattlers, you know, I didn't really go to high school games because my kids weren't high school level at the time, and and uh, but I you know. I, I you know we would go and then you know Cody obviously was a young kid and and uh, loved watching Brock and you know it was every Friday hey let's go watch Brock play and you know the, the kid was a winner and uh, you could see that and and you know being in that community developing some relationships you know I got to know his dad and and uh, mm. uh, and, and and what an interesting story for Brock coming out of of. Uh, um, you know, high school. He did a lot of his training with, with, with Dan Minucci outside of the of what went on with Coach Jones and Steve Axman at, at Perry High School. Uh, so, you know, the community was invested in him, seeing him, and, and Perry, you know, listen, Perry wasn't very good uh, before Brock Perry got there, you know, and, um, you know, you could see right away. And what was interesting was his junior year, um, on well, his recruiting story, he had Mono at the beginning of the year, and he missed some games. And there was a guy named the uh, Shane James that was a receiver that was playing quarterback for the first few games, and and you know, and everybody kept talking about this potential quarterback at Perry, and I thought if they were talking about the Shane James, <laughs> but then Brock finally got back from Mono about midseason and. And, and had a decent year, and, and, and I thought I was watching arena football because I, I thought Coach Jones' offense, Preston Jones' offense, I thought since I've been here watching high school football, and this includes my son playing and watching all the teams that he's played, I think Preston Jones has ha- had the best concepts out of the spread offense with the sprint game and the boot game and and, and all that. Uh, I, I really thought it was a perfect system for brock to to be in but you know when you got a great player a great player makes your system even better right so Mm -hmm. um and you know brock came back that year and then after that junior year there really wasn't a lot of people recruiting him i mean not at all i think i want to say at one point he had like unlv and new mexico that were you know but but now that you know it's easy to say this now but looking back at brock then he had a mindset that he, I'm a group five guy. I want to be a, a power, I mean, not a group five guy, a yeah. power five guy, okay? I want to be a power five quarterback, and he, you know, he went into his senior year, and again, you know, a lot of things just wasn't clicking uh, on the recruiting, because everybody was afraid of his measurables. They were, they, you know, he, he was only like six feet tall, you know, 200, 210 pounds, whatever he was, and and uh you know, he wasn't the fastest guy. He wasn't the tallest guy, right? And but the guy just made play. I mean, threw for I think his senior year, I, I want to say he threw for over four four thousand yards, right? That's and crazy. I don't know fifty something touchdowns, whatever it was. But um, you know, Doug, you know nobody was 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 recruiting a guy, and 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 it got to the point where I think his parents, Sean, his dad, Sean, was. Getting a little frustrated, you know, and 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 I I know what he feels like now because I'm in that same boat, living it right now, and he you know he's getting a little frustrated, and and he you know he had asked some people, different people in the community, to help get Brock's film out, and you know I had developed a little bit of a relationship with him, so he texted me and said, hey, do you mind getting Brock's uh, film out? So I, I I probably sent his film because I sat there every Friday night, I and I watched him, I was like. This kid's a I would text college coaches, that are buddies of mine, and say, "Man, this quarterback at Perry—he's a winner. This kid is a winner. Like somebody needs to be looking at this kid." And 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 Sean asked me if I got the film out, and I mean, I sent his film to fifty colleges, and you know, and I'm, Clemson, Alabama, uh, anywhere to Ball State, right? So, I mean, I, I've sent it out to a lot of different places, and and you would see Texas, I would get back of, "Hey." He don't have a measurables. He doesn't have the our, uh You know, we already have our guys. Um, you know, and what's funny about that is now that Brock has become Brock Purdy, you know, outside of the, what the people of Arizona knew, watching him play in high school, more on a national level, on a college Platform and an NFL platform. Um, now, when I send Texas out to college coaches, I say, "Hey, here's a kid I'm looking at that I think is pretty good." Hey, coach. Hey, I, you know, I appreciate you reaching out, man. We trust your opinion, you know. So, I mean, it's <laughs> totally changed uh, when I send. I mean, I, I got Texas. I can show you. That I sit back and laugh because I'm like, I, I laugh at some of their comments that they make, and I hate. I mean, I will tell you this from being the Rattlers. Cause I hate when people stereotype players, you know, and it always comes down to the individual, okay, and the one thing you can't, you know, it's very hard to see that, you know, if you if you evaluate like we do, uh, we got to see it on tape, but but you'll be amazed at how many coaches walk in and go, hey, that kid, they'll, they'll, they'll think of reasons not to sign him rather than reasons to sign Oh, that kid is too short, he's not fast enough, you know, he's not tall enough, and you know, uh, I've even heard things. You know, the race card being used. Oh, he's a six foot white guy. Okay. Well, you know what? If you don't, if you think not too long ago, Doug, and you remember this growing up in these times in the '80s, there was a, 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 a you know, a. a a, a, a stigma out there that that black people couldn't play quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I mean it was it's just ignorance, okay? And you know when when I and listen, let's face it now. I mean, look, I, I've won a lot, and I, I would I I will admit that I won it because that that coach's room is not always the smartest room, okay? So so I would tell you, I I will admit that. So it goes on at all levels, okay? It goes on at all levels. You meet people and, like, you know, here's a guy working in the NFL and, you know, he's somebody's nephew, you know? And and people will be like, oh, he works in the NFL. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, No, his uncle knows what he's talking about. (laughs) But that guy, he's there because he's somebody's nephew, right? So – you know, so, you know, it, there's all kind of that stuff that goes on in this business and any other business out there. But, you know, Brock Purdy has always been a winner. Uh, what he did at Iowa State was amazing. Um, and then what he's doing right now. So I don't believe in the system. I don't believe in the system, you know, deal. He's a system quarterback and all that. I, that guy has won at three levels. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't take that away from them. And, you know, and I'm certainly not saying that any tape that I sent out helped Brock get a get a scholarship. I'm just making a comment that I'm saying, hey, when I look back at it and look mm-hmm. at some of the comments that these coaches made, you know, because I did hit up, I mean, I did hit up the Sweeney family. I did hit up, uh, you know, I did hit up uh, Jeremy Pruitt, who was a defensive coordinator at Alabama, and I hit him up as he was leaving to go to Tennessee, and he was like, I got a guy. And then – but what really changed for Brock in his recruiting process was that Alabama offered him a PWO, okay? And if you don't know what PWO means, it means preferred walk-on, okay? Once they offered him the PWO, I mean – High, I mean, colleges started coming out of the woods to sign this kid, right? And and then all of a sudden, he had a late push. There was a lot of
0: people interested in and him. And that's when Herm Edwards uh, claims that he was trying to get him. <laughs> oh yeah,
5: yeah. No, I I know for a fact. I remember talking to his dad, and like Arizona State and Arizona hadn't even offered him, and he's yeah. right here in their backyard, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and, and 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 so you know, it was just amazing how that story you know, unfolded. And and, and then Alabama upgraded the PWO. They finally offered him a scholarship. But, you know, I heard a story It was – I've heard his dad kind of tell it, and I've heard his Brock tell it, you know, be an interview. But, I mean – you know, I think Brock went to Alabama on a recruiting visit and, and was sitting in Nick Saban's office talking to him, and he realized that Nick didn't even know who he was.
2: Wow. You know, yeah,
5: So, yeah. you know, so he was just bringing him in, and, hey, we're not, we're not changing anything in this offense, and blah, blah, blah. And, 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 you know, I think he narrowed it down to Iowa State and Texas A&M. I think that was the final two, if I remember right. And, you know, and I thought Matt Campbell, you know. That's I think Matt Campbell's because, a
0: great coach.
5: Oh yes, but you know there was a guy that was on my staff in 2008 named Bryce Saya, okay. and he was my his, his, he was he was Matt Campbell's defensive coordinator at Toledo. Oh,
0: okay. okay, okay,
5: and and I sent the film to Bryce. Bryce had left the year before Matt went to Iowa State. Bryce left Matt and went to SMO because his best friend got the head job, and he went there to work with his best friend, uh, Tuke. And anyway. Um, I sent Brock's film to, to Bryce I. I just I just talked to him about this yesterday morning uh, when he, he called me and I, I was, we were reminiscing about this story, but I sent his film to Brock and, and I asked Brock, I said, Brock, can you get this over to your guys at Iowa State? They were brand new staff, right? Oh, okay. And I said, can, can you get the, can you, you know, they were over there and Bryce had went to Simo. So, you know, he sent it and again, you never know what goes on behind the scenes, but the, sometimes I sit and work, I ask myself, you know, I wonder if me sending that film had anything to do with it, you know, and I'm not saying it did or didn't, but You tend to wonder about it. but I will say this It was amazing how the community kind of got behind Brock and started trying every a lot of people started trying to get his film out it wasn't just me. There was several people and I hate now <laughs> I don't you know, this is about Brock Brock's earned everything that he's gotten and I hate now when I look on Facebook or, you know, I'm listening to these stories come out and, and people there's people now trying to get their share of the credit and all that. Look, Brock earned every bit of it himself. It was his work ethic, uh, his mindset. And, you know, he overcame all the measurable stuff, okay, which now, let's be honest, uh, the quarterback here at the Cardinals, you know, he, he he's short, mm-hmm. okay, but – you don't hear anybody saying that he's a he's a system quarterback, right? But you know, again, we don't know I the think system. That's where,
0: We never could figure yeah. out Cliff's system. That's why. <laughs>
5: yeah. Well, I think some of it. I think I think some of that has to do with race. To be frank with you, oh, okay. Anytime there's a white guy that does it, they start trying to bring out that oh he's an overachiever or it's a system guy, and you know what? It comes down to the individual. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I've I've coached Hispanics, Polynesians. Black people, white people—I've coached them all. You know what? And if you can contribute to to us winning, then 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 sign up right here and let's go play football. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when these people start putting, when you see these coaches start putting these these uh, stereotypes on players, they just it just it, you know. Now, if they can't do it, they can't do it. Okay, mm-hmm. but either you can do it or you can't do it. It's like I hate the word overachiever. What what, what is an overachiever? If he's doing it, that means he's doing it. Okay, <laughs> there is no such thing as an overachiever. Okay, so I've never bought into any of that stuff, and it's 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 really the mindset of people, and it's their weakness. It's why it's, a lot of people fail. Is is they become victims of themselves. <laughs>
0: This was fantastic. I, 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 this is the only interview I've ever done where I think I asked three questions, and I'm, I'm done. You were you were great. Well, I can go all day on this, because <laughs>
5: I, 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 I get upset. I mean, I, no, I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I was talking to a dad the other day, and, and, and a dad was telling me that his... That his that the high school coach referred to his his kid as being a six foot white guy. What does that mean? I I don't know what that means. You know what I mean? So I I'm I'm I, you know that gets me fired up because I was an athlete yeah. and I played at a high level. You know what I mean? And I was like, what do you mean? I you know uh, someone made a comment to me one time that I was the fastest white guy uh, that I've ever seen. I said, I'm the fastest guy you've ever seen. Period. Okay? Because there wasn't many people that could outrun me. You know so. You know, so at the end of the day, I I don't know why people drag that stuff into those kind of conversations, and it's why. Now, listen, here's what I say to them. Hey, speak for yourself because you might have sucked as a player, but I didn't. Okay, so you're talking about yourself, and you're kind of seeing why that person wasn't successful when they make those stupid comments.
0: So many of our conversations, whether we've had plenty of beers, whether we're on a bus for ten hours, or whether we're actually live and everybody can listen to us, end up turning I'm completely back. sober right now, Doug. I'm completely I, sober. I, right somehow now. these conversations turn around and they get to your speed, but I have never seen yeah. film on it yet. What am I going to see film of this alleged speed? Go check the archives, baby. Okay, oh, yeah. they're out there. Okay, they're out there. I'm not going to do the homework
5: for you, but Ugh. I will tell you. Going back to Brock, that that kid's a winner. And you know, I thought I thought you know when you, when you know the family, what what a foundation he had. You know, growing up, support system that he had. Uh, you know, you look at you look at Chaba. Now you look at Chaba, his younger brother, and he's he. he I mean, you know. On paper he has the NFL measurables you know and, and unfortunately for him you know he he's had a different story but ha- has had different experiences you know mm-hmm. so a lot of time a, a lot of things have to align the right way and and but I've always been a believer you got to go out and make your own luck. Oh, yeah. You got to go out. You got to go make your own luck. You can't wait for somebody. You know, another thing gets me fired up, too, is like when you hear coaches say, hey, it's not my job to try to get you to, you know, the next level. Okay, well, you know what? If I was a a principal, an AD, uh, or, you know, an, an AD even in college, if I heard... My college, my college coach or my high school coach ever say, make that comment, I would fire them on the spot. You know what I mean? Because it's about selling your program. And those kids are coming there because they they want to, most of them want to advance their careers, okay? So you you should do everything you can to support that. But you know, you got coaches out there that's worried about, oh, well, you know, if I make the wrong recommendation, I'm going to lose credibility. Well, you know what? Guess what? I'm going to break the news right now. Those coaches that you're talking to are never going to invite you to Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. Okay, they could care less what you got to say. What you're saying is just an opinion. At the end of the day, they're going to make their own opinion and make a choice. Okay, so I hate when I hear coaches say, you know, um, well, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sell you because, of, you know, if you're good enough, they'll find you. That, that's a bunch of crap. You know, I've seen so many kids get opportunities because somebody was willing to pick up the phone and, and make a phone call and help get that kid an opportunity. And then boom, they become something, you know? So I, I just, um, you know, I just don't, uh, agree with how some of the people think in this business. And, and, and I think it's what holds them back. Anything
0: else on your mind? You have
5: border security no, thoughts, no. or do you want to? If you need if you need if you need family advice, call me. I'm available. Okay. Uh, no career advice. I'm here. All you, know, right. you just. I, I've been you know I've been thinking about this all night. Actually, I didn't sleep much last night because you know some of these thoughts were coming to my mind and you know and it just starts infuriating me how you know, the thought process of some people you know so you know I I I want to see people be successful and you know what. Even at my level, we, and I said earlier on the show, we lose guys to other leagues. And sometimes, hey, that, I know that guy's going to be a great player for me. But sometimes what's, what's best for the team is not always what's best for the individual. And you got to think about the individual sometimes and, 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 and give them an opportunity, you know? And, and sometimes that's all people need is an opportunity. Bear Bright used to say all the time, you, you never know what a, a mule can pull until you hook them to a heavy load, right? And so, you know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s listening to Bear Bryant I remember a lot of things that he used to say and, and then you know, uh, now you, we, we've had Nick Saban for the last whatever since 2007 and I got to listen to him and you know, uh, there's some people out there that, that and you see why they're successful, it's their mindset it's their mindset and how, how they're attacking things.
0: This was uh, normally I would apologize to you for keeping you for 31 minutes but since you did all the talking, I'm not apologizing I, I thought that was fantastic though
5: well, I'll have a meeting to 10 a.m. in Glendale, <laughs> so I'm 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 good. I'm good. I'm actually going to go down and, and make some breakfast and and get ready to go and see if I can get some more energy here. But I'm getting into sales mode because I got I got to sale today and I got to recruit today, so. You know, listen. That's the other thing. Recruiting. If people ask me how I do it, how I do, do the business side and the football side, it's all recruiting. I mean, if you're pitching corporate sponsor, sponsorship partnerships and you're you're pitching a, a player, it's it's just a different message, but the but the tone's the same, right? You're selling your organization, and mm-hmm. and here's what we can do for you, and and and, uh, and here's what you can do for us. It's always a it's always a partnership, and uh, you know, so. Uh, you know, so it's just it's just changing the changing the message and and, and bringing some energy to the room.
0: Well, if uh, you know, in the next hour, if something else pops into your head, just re-click the link and, and tell us anything that's on your mind anytime. All right, see you. I will. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. We'll, we'll see <laughs> There's head coach Kevin Guy of the Arizona Rattlers on Kevin Guy Unplugged today. And it's still presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. I think he likes Brock Purdy. All right, Jeff and Izzy worked like crazy all day to get about an hour and a half worth of stuff to give you. I'm going to try to cram it into 55 minutes next on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. It's
6: big, it's juicy, it's meaty get your burrito at burrito express burrito express started with my father about 25 years ago, he got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're, we're We are now
0: keep it here on WTSMTV.com. You just saw Steve McCullum. For those of you that are listening to the podcast right now, Amazon, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, You might not know this, but this is a TV show on WTSMTV.com. I'm from six to eight in the morning live, and then Steve McCollum and three-time Super Bowl champion Dale, Hell- Dale Hellestray come together for the main event every weekday morning from 8 to 10. And I would say try it out. Try it out. Um, Thank you very much, and Denise. That was very, very nice. And Denise sent me a, a nice note saying, I'm handsome, funny, and a wonderful husband, father, and nephew. How about that? I would disagree with the handsome part. <laughs> You're allowed to go past tense, and Denise. It's okay. You were handsome. Sorry, things didn't work out for you. <laughs> Let's dive into it. Let's see how much Super Bowl stuff we can talk in 30 minutes. And I also want to preview tonight's Utah Jazz game, if we can get to it. The, uh, the Super Bowl media gatherings are every day uh, until Saturday. Uh, they don't speak to the media on Saturday. And Brock Purdy, of course, spoke yesterday yesterday. And it was kind of an interesting question. It was, you could tell there was an agenda. It was a woman from some youth sports organization. But I liked it because of the proliferation of parents that don't understand. So many parents think that, or or are talked into, you should play one sport. You should stick to that one sport, and if it's football, then you need to be playing fifth grade tackle football and blah. I mean, and it's just, or you'll never get discovered, and that's just simply not true. And Brock Purdy played a lot of flag football before he ever played tackle football, and he was asked about it, and I want you to follow along with his answer. But while he's answering the question about whether or not so much flag football was good for him, think about Brock Purdy, the running
7: athletic quarterback that you know of him now. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I played up until I was about 12, and I think it just helped just with the speed of the game. It was a a quick game. I think uh, hand-eye coordination, all that kind of stuff really did develop for me Um, you know throughout my years of playing flag football obviously being able to juke and and cut and move in certain ways um, just from the way the sport is, um, helped me for tackle football. I feel like when I started playing tackle football, I was a little slower, actually, because of just the pace of the game compared to flag. So um, anytime I'm talking family and friends, I always encourage, you know, kids growing up to to start off with flag football and play, um, you know, really as long as they can to help develop those kind of skills. The reason
0: why I found that so fascinating is I think a lot of you know the story, but in case you don't, Kurt Warner was a quarterback for the Iowa Barnstormers of the original Arena Football League. And he actually was an un, um, uh, an invited a uh, undrafted free agent. I'm ready for baseball. So I was trying to, I kept thinking uh, of people that come into a baseball camp and I couldn't think of the phrase undrafted free agent which is what you say in football. But he was an undrafted free agent with the Packers and uh, he says he didn't do as bad as he did, but he really struggled. And when he went to the Arena Football League, the entire world sped up for him and then in reverse slowed down because he started to realize, I've just got to get the ball out. Read the defense first guy open boom figure it out quick figure out where you're going with the ball in a sense as you're walking up to the center that's when you should already know where you're going with the ball and listen to what he said brock purdy just said when i went from flag football to tackle the game actually slowed down because there's so much going on in flag football and so fewer things that that was in a rush And I I think that's really interesting because the whole key for quarterbacks is really how quickly can you slow your mind down? And in a sense, by doing that, it it, it works in reverse. That's actually speeding everything up for you to get rid of the ball sooner. Um, I like this one, too. Brock was asked, your first ever minutes in an NFL game, you were playing the Chiefs and you threw an interception. Now you're here at this point as a two-time NFC Championship game quarterback and also now your first Super Bowl. Where would you say your game has most improved from your first regular season minutes as a quarterback in the NFL and now?
7: Yeah, I think, um, you know, last year when I first got in, you know, there was times where I feel like I'd, really wasn't, you know, playing the position of quarterback like I, like I needed to and wanted to. I feel like I was, you know, sort of quick to get out of the pocket at, at, at some points and, and, and rush out and not trust progressions and trust the boys up front. So I feel like this year I've done a little bit better of a job of staying within the pocket, going through some reads, taking some check downs, throwing the ball away when I need to. Um, you know, obviously there's been some times and moments where, you know, I've, I've been too aggressive and have been, had interceptions and stuff. But, um, I mean, that, that happens. And so, but I think a big jump for me this year was just playing playing the position and not trying to be superman every play when something's not there so
0: The reason why I I like that one is just I was just there. I mean, think about that kind of assessment. Imagine if you had the courage to assess yourself that way. You know, I just existed in this position, but I wasn't really working to improve it or understand it at the level that I needed to. Not in the sense that he wasn't trying, but just the fact that he had to go through that advancement to be better. And this last one, I really like this one. He was asked to compare the Iowa State offense and the 49ers offense.
7: Yeah, I feel like you know concepts and stuff um, are pretty similar. I'm not gonna lie, from from what we ran at Iowa State to what we do now, um, just the differences, like just the the way of college football compared to the NFL. Um, being in a huddle, reciting plays, long plays, multiple plays, all in one, you know, standing, telling them, you know my O line, receivers, everybody what we're doing. There's just a lot more communication, uh, like. Just that aspect, there's more of it. Um, You know, in college, you're getting the signal from the sideline and then everyone's looking and then you line up real quick and try to run the play in the NFL like you're looking guys in the eyes and telling them, hey, this is the play and and this is what we have to do. Um, But as a quarterback, I I like that just because you can see the play in your head better and you got to say it um, multiple times. and uh, I feel like it's just a little bit more clear to me in my mind. So, those are the differences, and it's not knocking college football or anything. It's just the differences and and the way it is. So,
0: Brock, I don't know if you care about this nervous tick, but it's kind of funny. At the end of every answer, you always say the word "so," and then that means you're done. <laughs> Which I kind of I kind of amused by that because I have strange little quirks in the th- you know every time I say "all right." ready to move on to another topic and then there he is going so the the thing the reason why i like that is think about the difference between having the transmitter in your helmet and not. In college football, you get those hilarious signboards with pictures of an ESPN personality, a Jets logo, the Lakers logo, you know, whatever, you have all of that. And then you also have guys in three colored shirts doing hand signals. One of them's live, one of them's dead. Or maybe the sign is talking to the receivers and the signal guy is talking to the quarterback, you know, blah, blah, blah. You have all of these things going on. The NFL has so much money that if you ever tried to have the signals, the signs and everything else, there would be an entire team of people on the other side just simply breaking down all of your signs and signals and they would know everything. So therefore, you got the transmitter. But think about how amazingly different it is to go from, I'm looking at a sign, saying a couple things to my center, here we go. That, that's all I have to do. And the play is usually read, read, run. You know, it's, it's really that simple. But then you get into the NFL, and if you've never heard a true NFL play called by a quarterback, it's 15 words said in five seconds. It's insane what the quarterback says in the huddle. And every part of it means something different to each group. So therefore, the linemen are learning what their assignment is at the beginning or a receiver, depending on number, words, you know, whatever system you're using. And then, but the quarterback is the one that you heard him say, I see everything as I'm reading, as I'm saying the play. As I say each section of the play, which applies to receivers, tight ends, O-line, I'm seeing what they're supposed to be doing. So now I'm going to the line of scrimmage. He didn't say this part, but he's going to the line of scrimmage with that flow chart of action in my head and now looking at the defense. What coverage are they in? Do they disguise using this coverage often and go to something else? Where does that move these pieces on the chessboard? I love that stuff. I think that stuff's really cool. Uh, One of the big topics is what the NFL has done at the UNLV practice facility. At the UNLV practice facility, they have a turf field. But since the stadium is grass, they actually laid sod on the turf. But it's really soft. And the players have been worried. The 49ers have been very upset about the conditions. And... Really, Kyle Shanahan doesn't want this to be a huge public topic, but he's really upset about it. So every day he gets asked about the practice field.
3: Yeah, we had a normal practice, and you, we didn't practice there the rest of the week. Oh yeah, we're not going to change our whole schedule up. We'd have to go too early in the morning, mess everything up. So this is the best choice we got. Are you satisfied with that choice? Um, We're here. We're practicing on it. I mean, everyone has their preferences and wish things were better, but we'll deal with the field how it is.
0: This is one of those things where you have to understand the total hypocrisy of the NFL. I, I hope I do a good job on Doug Franz Unplugged, building up and educating you, to my knowledge level, the game of football. Please keep in mind, there are zero coaches asking my opinion of things at this current time i have had coaches that that i've talked about different things but there are zero coaches right now that say wait what do you think about this okay so know that there's so many people that are more educated than i am but i hope i do a good job of of helping you love football the way i love football at the same time i will not sugarcoat how hypocritical and just downright wrong The NFL is the owners and and the way that they put that business ahead of all of the human beings. I, I don't trust a lot of those people that are NFL owners. I quite frankly don't think they're good people. And in saying that, the reason why I'm so bold on that is here's an example. Usually when you put in a Super Bowl bid, the home team gets the facility of the NFL team. Okay, And it rotates, AFC, NFC. So that's why the Chiefs have a huge advantage. They're at the Raiders practice facility, and they're in the Raiders locker room. And it's just their turn. It has nothing to do with your record. It should have to do with head-to-head or record. That would be a fairer way to do it, so you can earn it. So you, you might think, does home field advantage matter in the Super Bowl? It actually does. For the week leading up to it, once the game starts, it doesn't really matter. But it's nice to have an NFL-style huge locker room, not the road locker room. And it's nice to have NFL-caliber facilities. Unless the thing's in Arizona, and then you're at the Cardinals facility. But almost every Super Bowl is played in a city that has a power five team, not always, but usually a team that is college team that has spent good money on their practice facilities. This one's held in Las Vegas. UNLV is not even remotely a power five team. And only until this last year has UNLV really been any good. And this is what shows you why the NFL is a joke. Of course, they wanted the hubbub of a new stadium. And they used the Super Bowl as a carrot to get into that new stadium. Hey, Vegas, build us a stadium. We'll give you a Super Bowl. Then they go through the standard Super Bowl bidding process. And nobody in the NFL says, you know what? Let's not go to Vegas because UNLV's facilities aren't good enough. Or they don't say, you know what, let's go to Vegas, but let's spend the money to upgrade UNLV's facilities. Let's give a gift to UNLV football to make it up to an NFL standard practice facility. Let's do that. They don't do that. So now the 49ers come into this game at a real disadvantage because the NFL doesn't care about their players, doesn't care about their workforce, doesn't care about anything to do with fair, doesn't care about integrity. They're just of the opinion, cash the check. Just catch the check. And I think it's a great point to look, listen to coach right there and say, well, listen, we're not going to change our whole schedule. We've got to get up too early. We'd have to drive all the way over here. We'd have to do this. We, you know, we just, we just got to, you know, it's, it is what it is. You can tell he knows he's at a disadvantage. And yet you got to suck it up because the NFL doesn't care. And it's just another example of the NFL hypocrisy. Whenever you say they've got to protect the shield, whenever you say we've got to discipline players in order to keep the integrity of the game, they're lying. That is a bold-faced lie every time they say it. What they're really saying is we have the money, we're going to punish the players. I don't, and I'm not sticking up for the players. I don't care how hard you treat the players. Whatever the players have agreed to in the collective bargaining agreement, they signed that CBA. They know Roger Goodell can punish them. Fine. You signed it, deal with it. That's the rules. But I don't have to believe in their hypocrisy at all. Uh, Here's Kyle Shanahan. Just if you wanted to know how practice is going and where they are in installing the game plan from last week and then going over it this week and any tweaks they've done to get ready for the Chiefs.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, we put in a lot last week. Um, today was really the official time we uh, make it official. I mean, we correct some things from last week. Some things we didn't like, we took out. Uh, a few things we didn't have in last week that we had more time to look at, we put in. And now we'll run it back. Today was Wednesday. We'll do two more days of it. And then we work on the openers Friday night and Saturday morning. And we'll install those Saturday night.
0: You might not know this, but you have a playbook. That Okay, it's all on iPads now, but you have a playbook that's unbelievably thick. And if you've ever been into an offensive coordinator's office in like the 80s and 90s, I was in the 90s in the early part of the century, you have these notebooks that are just lined up behind the coach that is like 94, 95, 96, and it's all the plays of the playbook. So you have hundreds of plays, but then your game plan is specific to the opponent. Here are the plays that we think that we already have in the playbook that work against this team, and then they'll design some new plays for this opponent when they see something, or they might go back and pull plays from three years ago. That's why when we talk about the quarterback and the receivers being on the same page, if they've been together for two or three years, you can pull out plays from three years ago that they still remember and say, hey, this actually works against this team. The problem is when you pull out plays that you haven't practiced very often now or if you call a play that wasn't in the game plan, they can do that. But then you're kind of going on the risk of up. We didn't rep it. Maybe somebody's not going to quite be able to know it. So therefore, you've got an issue in execution. And then the coach says, well, we didn't execute. Well, you called a play that you haven't called in three years. So, yeah, I'm sorry it didn't work. Maybe it would have worked if they executed. But did you really practice it? So with what Coach is saying there is they've got the playbook, they had the install last week, and they've already seen some things in practice where either Brock Purdy says, I don't really love this, or the execution wasn't where they wanted it, and they, you know what, this is a less important play. We'll scratch this. It's just refining. So it's like a rough draft game plan was put in last week, and you can see they already feel good about the refinement going into – Wednesday's practice, and now you have a Thursday practice uh, today. Um, This last one gets real technical, and I, I love it because it's the opposite of Cliff Kingsbury. Somebody in the media asked a very good question. Noticing the Kyle Shanahan offense with its very tight formations, instead of having guys way outside the numbers, a lot of them are in a bunch. When did you realize this created opportunities for you?
3: I just remember when I started and um, went to Tampa Bay, has a quality control and I was drawing everything in books and stuff and everything was drawn out from wide splits. Nothing was from tight splits. And then I always looked at everything when I first started through a receiver standpoint, just cause that's what I played most of uh, my life growing up. And it was so cool to watch how it helped people get open. Um, how it looked one way out here, it looked totally different in here. Some people wouldn't even bump you back then. It was like, they only could bump outside the numbers. You could get the bump off every time. You could get leverage with people, change stuff up. and. I think it started that way just from seeing how you could help people get open. And then you start to learn the run game. You start to learn how safeties fit, how leverage is different and things like that. And then it just evolves to a lot more.
0: I've talked about this for a while. Maybe with a head coach like Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury will be successful because he's going to have somebody in his ear yelling at him, run the football, run the football. But, This is so great in the explanation of why Cliff Kingsbury has been a failure to this point, and truthfully why I think he'll continue to be a failure. You've seen the hash marks on a football field, okay? Those hash marks in college are extremely wide. In the NFL, they're very narrow. What that does is it really makes it easy to read the defense for a college quarterback because the safeties are forced to be so split. Also, it creates such a long stretch of field. If you're on the left hash mark in college football, it's almost, not quite, but it's almost 30 yards to the far sideline. 30 yards away is just the sideline. That creates all of this space. So you get coordinators like Cliff Kingsbury that want to stretch the field. They want to make you, they say, defend every blade of grass. So therefore, they go into this horizontal hurry up. We're going to throw the ball horizontal and we're going to go so fast, you're not going to have any idea what you're doing. They love that it doesn't work all the time in the NFL unless you're mixing it up because once you shrink down to the other hash marks, there's not as much room to each sideline. It's not as far to the opposite sideline from the left hash to the right sideline. Therefore, faster athletes, stronger athletes with less ground to cover in the pros and safeties that can confuse a quarterback who doesn't study as much, suddenly now, your beloved little play in Lubbock, Texas is not as beloved in Phoenix. Quit calling it. And there wasn't an adjustment. While here's Kyle Shanahan, who realizes this whole world is built on the college spread, why don't I bring people in closer? If I bring my receivers in closer, here's what I can do. I can run to space. I now have room for them to run to the outside or down the middle or up the seam. They can do more from a, what's called a tight split. I love that breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Because if you're guarding a Cliff Kingsbury offense in which you have DeAndre Hopkins lined up, same spot every time, never go into motion, what can he do? He has three options, run and stop. Run and go this far to the sideline, which is easy to cover. So therefore, you're a defensive back. You force him inside every time. And what's inside? Everybody else. You bring people tight to the formation. Now you can run away from people. Ha! Ah, run away! I love that little tidbit right there. And that's why Kyle Shanahan is better than Cliff Kingsbury. Um, this. Let's go to Chiefs now. Andy Reid was asked the question of how do you kind of keep things light? How do you how do you help guys handle the intense focus it takes to be able to handle this pressure to keep getting back to the Super Bowl?
2: We try to have fun within the intensity of the game uh, during the week. Uh, there's a time to focus in and a time to mess around. And, you know, I, I, they don't have to come in. Um, where they feel they're uptight into into practice. Uh, I think some of that is we we keep it relatively consistent so they know what they're coming into every day. The times are the same. They know the drill that's coming up. They know when they can focus and need to focus. And then they can also know when they can mess around and goof around with each other and kind of let their personality show, you know.
0: You might not think that matters very much, but number one, think of your own job. If you have guys around you, people around you that work hard, get things done and have a good time doing it, you actually enjoy work. If you have guys that are always serious all the time, then it can become drudgery. And if you have guys that are goofing off all the time, you're not going to make as much money. You're not taking care of your family. So you've got that. But here's a second reason, not just liking your job. There are a lot of things that happen at Chiefs practice that are born out of the creativity of the personality of the players. He allows the players to explore their personalities on the practice field. And that comes up with some of the trick plays or some of the ideas that they implement in a game are developed because of guys feel creative in their position. If you're a boss, do you allow people to feel creative in their position or do you get in the way of that? I have seen it a lot as a youth soccer coach where uh, a coach will teach a good lesson, but he'll do it on the field in kind of a frustrated way. A kid tries to do something cool, it fails, and a goal is given up, okay? And the coach will go nuts because, quote-unquote, it's this player's fault. Well, now what you've done is all you've done is given up a goal in a nine-year-old, ten-year-old soccer game. Can you, are you not a good enough coach to be able to fill in that gap later in life? Is it that important? So you think it's better to sacrifice the creativity of the kid, make them afraid to fail because of a goal in a nine-year-old soccer game. <laughs> like you're never going to score again? You're not allowed to come back? That's what happens a lot in youth sports. Instead of teaching the kid the risk to reward, instead of teaching the kid, instead of saying never do that, teaching them you have to work harder on that move. That move didn't work. If you want to use that in a game, you've got to work harder on it. Because think about it. You tried this move and your teammate sacrificed a goal because of it. So, just simply work harder. Don't be afraid. Just work harder. And now they learn from that mistake. And that's so important. Alright, the next one is, is it's not a subject matter that was asked about, but it's a subject matter I don't understand. I don't understand the new hatred of the Chiefs. Now, there's bias on my part fully. I lived in Kansas City for three years. I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I'm a Chiefs supporter. I want them to do well. But Padma Holmes is a really good person, and how people are booing Pat Mahomes, I don't get it. You're booing straight jealousy. Everybody that boos Pat Mahomes is saying, I don't like my own life. I don't want hardworking, good guys to succeed because I'm jealous. That doesn't mean you can't root for Brock Purdy. It doesn't mean you can't want Brock Purdy to win. I'm not saying that at all. But I don't understand Chiefs haters right now. And just to give you a little bit of a piece of it, he's been a chosen as a potential Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. And Andy Reid was asked about what Patrick Mahomes does in order to deserve that.
2: Yeah, he'd have my vote. Um, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great one that way. Uh, always willing to give back uh, time. I mean, you know, there's only so much time in a day. He's going to exhaust that. He's great with kids great with his own kids he's great great with kids period um so and he's a good dad and husband so that's a that makes him pretty good man
0: what are we booing when you boo Pat Mahomes, what are you booing? I don't I don't quite understand that. So there's our 49ers rundown and an Andy Reid rundown. Um, the the Reid 3, I think you know this, Izzy. We've already played that one. So let's go to the three Pat Mahomes quotes. Uh, the first two Patrick Mahomes quotes, again, fall right into this category of why are people booing Pat Mahomes? I'm not saying don't root for the 49ers. That's none of my business. I'm rooting for Brock Purdy and the Chiefs at the same time. But here's Patrick Mahomes and which he was asked about the situation that he's in and whether or not it's hard for him to to, to truly understand. If you win, you're tied with some of the greats in the game at three Super Bowls. Uh, You know, how have you wrapped your head around that?
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's humbling because I never thought I would be in this many Super Bowl games, honestly. I mean, you, you, you strive to to be great, um, but you understand how hard it is to even be in this game. And for us to be in uh, my fourth one and, and my six years of starting, um, it truly is remarkable. And I, I don't take it for granted because you never know if you're going to be able to be back in this game.
0: Just hear that number for a second. I've been a starter for six years. I've played in f- now upcoming four Super Bowls. It's just it's. Amazing how good uh, he has become, and the Cardinals didn't want to trade up for him. Don't forget. Uh, then the other one from Patrick Mahomes, it's similar in which he's asked about staying grounded despite all of the opportunities to win championships.
4: Oh yeah, I definitely heard about Bobby Wood's contract, man. I'm glad he's back. Glad he's going to be in Kansas City um, for the long run, man. Just knowing the guy and how hard he works. I screwed that up. I thought um, we were do- you did Mahomes 1 from
0: today, which is absolutely correct. But I also was thinking of Mahomes 1 from yesterday, and I didn't tell you that. Ah, so that's on me. Do me a favor and play the other Mahomes uh, 1 that uh, uh, we have from today. Do we have that? I think you played Mahomes 1 from yesterday. Give me Mahomes 1 from today, if you don't
1: mind.
4: Yeah, I mean, very grateful, very blessed. I mean, I understand how lucky I am to be in this, on this team, um, to come into a team that was already a winning organization with a winning culture, um, with a lot of great players, uh, Hall of Fame players, and being able to just kind of jump right in um, and, and get in a year where I can learn. Um, and learn under Alex Smith, uh, I was blessed. And so I want to maximize these opportunities. I know that they don't, they don't always come. You're not going to be in every single Super Bowl. Um, and so when I, when I, whenever I'm here, I enjoy it. I enjoy the week. Um, and then I just try to go out there and play my best football and, and, like I said a little bit earlier, make a memory that will last forever with a, a lot of guys that work extremely hard.
0: I found that one interesting because Kyle Shanahan, and I didn't play it for you, but Kyle Shanahan said something about this week and the week before Everybody talks about enjoy the moment, remember the memories, build memories, blah, blah, blah. And he says, I I don't really believe in that, and here's why. When the game's over, for the rest of your life, you're going to remember the game. You're either going to remember the plays you didn't make if you lose, and you're going to remember the plays you made and the feeling of a championship if you win. That's all you're going to remember. So people say, you know, enjoy the moment, get through the memory. Listen, I'm sorry, guys. Every question you ask, I'll never remember any of these press conferences. There's nothing about this I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember the game, and that's all that matters. And listen to then, and I, I agree with Kyle Shanahan, but then you hear Mahomes right there say building these memories with the guys and he, he sounds like he's talking about Super Bowl prep but he could be talking about just the game okay the one that Izzy played just a second ago I think this is really cool you, you might know this I don't know if you do Not a huge piece, but Pat Mahomes is a minority owner in the Kansas City Royals. And the Royals are, they play in a stadium that's about 10 parking spots away from where the Chiefs play. So it's kind of cool that he's an owner. And Bobby Witt signed a crazy uh, contract this week. It's 11 years. It's $288 million for the Royals. And even crazier, after his seventh year on the team or seventh year of this contract, he gets the right to opt out anytime he wants. So if he crushes this contract, he can say, you know what, Kansas City, I'm done after only year seven, or after year eight, or after year nine or ten, he can just go. And if he stinks, so what? You got to pay me for 11 years. It's all pro Bobby Witt. So what do you think about this as a team owner, Patrick Mahomes? Oh,
4: yeah. Definitely heard about Bobby Wood's contract, man. I'm glad he's back. Glad he's gonna be in Kansas City um, for the long run, man. Just knowing the guy and how hard he works, um, it's gonna do, do tremendous things for that organization. Um, because when you have a leader like that that that's young and really is inspired to make this team great, that's what you want in, in, in your league. We talk to each other a, a little bit here and there, I t- just through text and stuff like that. Obviously, I see him sometimes in Dallas. Um, but luckily for for me, we're in the Super Bowl, so I won't probably see him this offseason. He'll probably be already headed back. But um, by the time I get there, but. Um, it's a, he's a, the right type of guy that you want leading an organization. I think everybody knows that that, that knows him um, and he wants to do it uh, in Kansas City, which I always think is special because uh, uh, Kansas City is a special place and they get behind their teams and uh, you want the Royals to be in that, that World Series combo again. Hmm. Um,
0: I, I, I love that just simply because he's a huge baseball guy and he was actually a closer for a little while for uh, Texas Tech. That's it for Super Bowl stuff. I want to quickly do Suns. This is like lightning. Uh, just number one, give me a preview, Coach, of uh, if you could give me Vogel 1. I'm going to skip Bobby Hurley today. Uh, sorry about that, ASU fans, but I really want to get to Suns. Uh, give me Vogel 1 if you could, uh, Izzy, and this is just simply what do you have
1: ahead of, uh, ahead of you tonight. Tell me about the Utah Jazz. Yeah, they're playing great basketball. I mean, they're 19-11, you know, last 30 games, and uh, – Last 10, one of the best offenses in the, in the NBA. Uh, made some adjustments, and uh, they've beaten some really quality opponents. You know, I mean, uh, you look at the list of the, of the teams that they beat. Actually got right here, Dallas, Philly, Milwaukee twice, Denver, the Lakers, um, Pacers, and OKC. You know, so some real quality wins in, in that stretch, and uh, you know, obviously we gonna have to play a great game to be in.
0: That one, just to give you a head start, the next one, I want you to hear this, because I have... A really strong opinion, and I admit, I'm going to be in the minority. No one's going to agree with me on this, especially in a town like this, and I understand it. But I'll play you the quote first. Just give us the rundown, Coach. Trade deadline coming up 1 o'clock today. What kind of conversations are you having with James Jones and Matt Ishbia?
1: Yeah, um, you know, they keep me in a loop of all the conversations that they're having. You know, everybody in the league is having conversations about their roster and uh, you know, what players are available league-wide and, you know, if anything makes sense to improve your team. So, you know, I'm very uh, very in the loop with all, those, all of those conversations. Uh, but, you know, I, I said it last night, you know, we love where we're at as a team. If we don't do anything, I'm going to be really happy with the group that we have. Uh, but obviously, you always look at ways to improve your team.
0: I totally believe something is going to happen today for the Phoenix Suns. And I think that, now there's a difference. Something. How do I say this and not something will happen today. I think they're going to make a move. But less so, I still think they're going to sign Miles Bridges. And I just want to go on the record that a championship to me is not worth it trading for Miles Bridges. I, I, and that's one of those opinions that's going to fire up a lot of people. When you talk about an organization that's never won a championship and we could actually have an organ, a championship, and it's so amazing that, yes, I get it. And I will celebrate just like any other fan because I want my sons to win. But... I don't like the idea of bringing in Miles Bridges. Okay. Let's let the court case go through. Let's let's have all the facts come out about abuse to women. And then once he pays his debt to society, once he goes through that, and once he proves that this isn't who he's going to be going forward, then let's talk about it. But there's no reason to me because some of trade deadline where we've got to go get a guy before he goes through the court system. Not a fan of going after Miles Bridges. Uh, um... So, like I said, trade deadline coming up 1 o'clock today. Steve McCollum joining us right now. He is hosting the main event. It's every weekday morning from 8 to 10. And uh, also, he is doing all kinds of other things. If you could, Steve McCollum, before we get into sports, how many shows are you doing right now for WTSMTV.com? I am currently lobbying that WTSM be renamed
6: for Steve McCollum's channel. Oh, okay. W Steve? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's going to go through, but... Um, uh, uh, yeah, we're de- we're developing. Uh, I do want to talk Miles Bridges real quick when we okay. get done with this yeah, plug. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're we're developing a business show that'll be 11 o'clock Monday through Friday, uh, with Yours Truly on that. Uh, we're gonna grow it into uh, business highlights, local stuff. Oh, good. And then uh, we'll of course have guests on local, uh, you know, business people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it's gonna be a lot of fun coming up. Then of course pit stop Friday at noon uh, here as well. And I don't know, we might throw in a movie review channel, oh, stuff wow. like that. You know? Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh- done Get on board, buddy. Tee, tee it up. What's your uh, Miles Bridges opinion? Um, you really think they're going to trade for him? He'd be a loner because if his next court case is end of this month for right. some time. But um, he's going to be a loner. Do you take – he's going if, to – if he gets cleared or – not cleared, but if his punishment is light, eventually he's going to come back. He's going to be a max player mm-hmm. uh, in this league. So he's a loner for a couple months. You think the Suns are going to trade for a
0: loner guy for a few months? And then you add the trouble stuff on top of it? I do think they're going to do it. I'm against it, but I do think that they're going to do it. Um, Because the way they look at it, in my opinion, is what's the difference between... They clearly don't care. They have the late L.A. Rams opinion of draft picks. So since they already don't care about draft picks, I think they look at it as we're going to give you second-round picks. We're going to give you Nasir Little. And what's the difference between Nasir Little on the bench or Bridges contributing and then going? So I don't think they think... The cost is that much, and I think from a Charlotte standpoint, I think a lot of teams are asking your question. I think too many teams are looking at it as a negative to bring on Bridges as a loaner and deal with yeah. that right now, so they're not interested. Therefore, the price is so low, because the Suns, they can afford anything well, financially, but they yeah. can't afford it because they don't have enough to trade.
6: The other thing that fascinates me about that is uh, he one, one, he played last night, which tells me he's not going to be traded, talking about Bridges. Oh, interesting. And he's been scoring 44 points a game for the last couple nights and losses and most importantly in my eyes he has said he wants to stay in Charlotte he has some loyalty to them because they were going to give him the max contract and then all this stuff happened they brought him back you know for lesser money uh and then once this gets cleared I believe they're going to offer him the max so he's got loyalty to them as well I think that factors into this a little as well um and and the bad part is if they don't go get him uh, you know, Little's going to get more playing time, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think. I think that's kind of the the
0: caveat here. It's a, here's one thing that I, if, if I liked him, okay, it, that I would yeah. do if I'm Charlotte. Now, granted, once you trade somebody, you don't know what's going to happen. I would have that conversation and say, "Let's get serious. How interested are you in yeah. staying? Come on back. <laughs> if you, yeah. Do you, how do you feel? Hey, you, we're going to make the team yeah. better by getting some other yeah. pieces, and then we'll just sign you once free agency yeah. starts. I again. mean, takeaway is off the court stuff, which right. is just then I would be all for it. I just admit horrible. for a loaner. even then for a loner, yeah. You would. Only because I don't think if we were talking about like as soon as you say a, a good name, like if you said you, trade Grayson Allen, no, I'm not doing that for a loaner. No, you'll be able to get him for cheap. But yeah. once we, but once it it's cheap, then I don't care that he's a loner because I feel like, hey, you're using us for a championship run, right. we're using you and and you're gone and it really doesn't hurt right. us. I'm able to separate the
6: art from the artist, right? So okay. if okay. you're if you're a horrible human being, I'm able to separate you. The Phoenix market, however, is not that way. You're right. So you're right. Sun's straight for him, February twentieth comes, the details come out even more than we already know. It sounds horrible. It's going to sound horrible. It was not what good what he went through. The guy's a monster, right? Mm-hmm. And uh and that comes out I don't See, Phoenix fan, Matt Ishbia will learn a huge lesson about Phoenix fans is we don't put up with that stuff here. Uh, And I I don't, he's got to have people in his ears warning him about that. This is a
0: great conversation because I totally agree. It's so funny. I totally agree with you. And I go to the point of I don't think Ishbia cares. I think he will learn it.
6: This is going to be a lesson he's going to learn. It's going to be a horrible lesson for him to learn. Uh, Well, he got the team because we don't put up with this stuff. Exactly. If he doesn't know what the fans will do to, him and the team you know and that's and that's just saying if February 20th happens it's Sometime in the twentieth, yeah, uh, and and it comes. It's not going to be good, folks. If you know the details of this case, it is not pretty. It is not good. Uh, even if he escapes punishment for whatever reason, the details of it are going to hang over him. And Matt Ishbia, uh, I, he's got to be smarter than that, right? Yeah, and, especially and then,
0: for a loner guy too. And sometimes, and I hate this part of the business, but sometimes in order for this to actually go through, what will happen is Ishbia will talk to the agent of Absolutely. Bridges and say are we going to reach a settlement? Are you going to... Yeah, he'll know the court. I hate yeah. to term pay her off, but yes. are you willing to give her let's, enough money where she reality. drops the charges yeah. and then we all move forward that allows less of the details yes. to come out and yes.
6: then we won't trade for you if you don't? Because it's one thing to be Charlotte in putting up with him because he was already there and then now he's yes. still there. Yes, And they've already taken those hits. Yes, Whatever team trades for him is now going to take those hits in a way they haven't before. And uh, and this market does not put up with that. I mean, for back from Jason Kidd, you know, yeah. hitting his wife over at McDonald's french fries in the drive-thru <laughs> yeah. uh, to how many players have been through here that have been around. And then owners, right? That have yeah. been run out for yeah. for uh, being just monsters toward women and that type of stuff. Um, I just, uh, To me, this is a fascinating case and is Ishbia is going to put up his middle finger to the fan base, but somebody's got to be in his ear,
0: man. It's got to be. I would think, but I don't know how many people he listens to. <laughs>
6: well, well. Here's the other side. If Isaiah Thomas is
0: somebody he listens to, exactly. he'll, be here, he'll be here at the end of the day, and they'll say we don't care that he beats women, right? <laughs> Exactly. And that's a, that's a, sadly, I'm laughing let's, at that topic, yeah. but it's let's, so yeah. Let's see, let's it's see it's how so fast. Uh, the
6: reason why I'm doing so many shows around here is I got to cover these lawsuits from uh, from Isaiah Thomas and Miles <laughs> Bridges by the end of the day here. Apparently.
0: Oh my gosh, I I I, I, I love that. Izzy, do me a favor, will you? Will you turn on my 360? This is Isaiah Thomas the last time. I'm innocent. I'm very innocent. Yeah, okay, thank
2: yeah. you,
6: Isaiah. Yeah, yeah. Thank
0: Meanwhile, uh, he
6: settled for, what, $20 oh, yeah. million dollars yeah. or something? Yeah, and the uh, Knicks settled, and, all <laughs> and it all goes away. What's coming up on the main event? <laughs> uh, look, uh, Uncle Lou joins us today. We'll oh, talk yeah. UFC, of course, uh, football this weekend. Uh Obviously, big weekend. Man, I, this game, in terms of picking, is going to be fascinating because uh, on both sides, the numbers on both sides say... Both teams can win this if you go against the spread numbers, if you do all that stuff. So, who knows? Let's see. Have, Have a good fun. show. See ya.
0: <laughs> the number one thing I'm interested in in today's main event is. Uncle Lou, I had lunch with him once. This guy, you talk about hardcore. I mean, Mr. Research Hardcore. Nothing comes out of his mouth without amazing research. And he feels like with other handicappers, nothing should come out of your mouth unless you've done the research, okay? That's why I really like him. However, with him being such a hardcore guy... I want to hear about crazy Super Bowl prop bets. Is there anything a hardcore guy actually likes on the uh, Taylor Swift? Or the the first one that I remember was, I think it was, would somebody's completions, or no, would somebody score more points, a team, would they score more points than Michael Jordan that day? It started at way back then, in like the late 80s or early 90s. So I'm I'm interested in uh, what Uncle Lou might be saying about Super Bowl prop bets. Alright, versus Vegas today. The streak continues. Again, I don't know what's going on. But it continues. Last night, I told you, let's take Toronto on the money line. Oh, I forgot Izzy to tell you to pull some of the goals. It was kind of awesome. Toronto on the money line. They're up. Dallas comes all the way back. I'm about ready to blow it. And the Maple Leafs score in the third. They win it 5-4. We pull away with the victory. That's one of the wins. And the other win... Holy crap, did we crush that one. I told you yesterday, Bama won in Tuscaloosa in the rivalry game with Auburn when they were unranked, and I knew Auburn would come in with a focus that is that is actually stronger than a lot of Auburn basketball teams have had under Bruce Pearl. The, these teams that Bruce Pearl has created are perennial top 15 teams, and right when you expect them to be special, they just fall on their face. But, man, when they focus, Auburn is so good under Bruce Pearl when they're focused. I knew they'd be focused. I thought the four-and-a-half line was a mistake by Vegas. I thought it should have been higher for Auburn, but I never would have picked this. 99-81, Auburn wins, and it was not obviously a backdoor cover when it's 18 points and you're well in lead. But, I mean, it got closer at the end because of the bench play. Auburn dominated Alabama. So we had that win absolutely going away. We go 2 and 0 last night and here's why the 2 and 0 really matters. This gets me jacked up. I'm now at 11.05, 9.63 and 9. I have finally been able with this hot streak of 2024 to be able to get back up above the 53% threshold. So if you would have started with Doug Franz unplugged way back in 2021 when we started versus Vegas, you would have made money overall. We've already made good money on units, but now we've made money overall being above 53%, and I'm still the minnow in the room who has no idea what I'm doing. So I'm kind of jacked up that I was able to make that. Um, unit wise, if you, which is obviously much more important for this year, we are way up on units. We were at 18 and a half units up in January, and right now, so far, we are up uh, nine units in February. Oh my gosh! How how's that taste? How does that taste? Here's a big one. Let's try to get this one. I got one for you today, but we can't count it until Sunday night. I like Justin Thomas finishing in the top 10 of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I think with this weather, he's going to be the best at adjusting his ball flight to be able to handle it. And I'm getting plus 130 to get positive juice on a good golfer with a little bit of a condensed field without two of the top 10 guys. Well, a lot of the top 10 guys. Yes, Scotty Scheffler's there, but Justin Thomas, top 10. He can handle some bad weather. I like Justin Thomas finishing, and I get positive juice in the top 10. And I'm going to take the Pacers tonight. The Pacers, this this is a weird little tidbit of information, but the longest flight from eastern time zone to the western part of the eastern time zone. Use the Florida teams to get to Indiana. But Washington, or Philly to Indiana is not good. The Pacers, the state of Indiana is on Eastern time. So you don't pick up an hour while you're in the air. And Golden State had a tough game against Philly last night. Now they fly to Indiana. I don't know why the NBA thinks that you drive across a Pennsylvania-Indiana border and just ignore not only Ohio, but really the entire state of Pennsylvania. So they have that long of a flight without picking up an hour. And they got to play a good Pacers team. And the spread is five and a half. I like that. I think the Pacers cover not by a ton. I'll say Pacers by nine. They beat Golden State tonight, and I uh, I think we're gonna go one and zero oh for tomorrow, and then we'll pick up the Justin Thomas win at the end of the weekend. I really like. I didn't say love, but I really like these two picks: Justin Thomas in the top ten, and the Pacers covering the five and a half at home against Golden State, who's on the back end of a back to back that does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. The site is live now. Go to whirlwind.com to sign yourself up, Unplugged at whirlwind.com. But when you go there, it'll look exactly like it's looked for the last, you know, four months since our last outing. You must click on the events tab at the top of the page. Unplugged at whirlwind.com. Click on the events tab and then click on RSVP. And once you do that, you'll be all set. Give your information to Sweet Lou and we'll get you signed up for a tea time. If you want to play at 1130 in the morning, it's $260. If you want to play with the Unplugged Army at noon, it's $109. He's saving us 60% off of a normal February Friday afternoon head jacked up for that. I hope to see you out there. And then we're going to hang out. I'm going to have breakfast at Civic in the morning. I'll hang out at Civic at dinner. Have a great time. Love to see you. If you're not able to make it out, hey, you got you to gotta drop in rank. Accept that. But you can make it up by heading out to some of the other sponsors. Go to Bell's National Kitchen. My favorite meal there is the chicken tender iceberg lettuce uh, salad. It's just the way that goes together with the blue cheese. I think it's crushing it, but they're the home of the number one sandwich in arizona which is the bell's nashville chicken hot chicken sandwich go to rosati's they are located at chandler at ray and mcqueen i don't know why I, i went like that to show you cross streets but it's only the one at ray and mcqueen that is a sponsor of doug franz unplugged burrito express now with seven locations across the east side greatest breakfast burrito you'll ever have and call parker and sons if you have any issues with your heating cooling plumbing and electrical I was actually somebody that was a customer of theirs for six years before I ever started talking about them on the radio. I trust them. They've always been on time and always done the job right the first time. Call 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. The main event is up next. Beer Friday, coming
1: up tomorrow. I'll see you then.